You are warmly welcomed to listen to WDBE Talks, the podcast for the world of digital built environment. We invite you on a physical and virtual journey from Helsinki to Tallinn to celebrate the forerunners of the digital built environment. Hello and welcome to WDBE Talks. My name is Arni Heiskanen and I have on the line Dr. Ben Guy, CEO of Urban Circus, an Australian company that creates digital 3D products and solutions. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. G'day there from Australia. I've got to say g'day because everyone in Australia says g'day, right? You are a 3D planning technology expert. Can you tell us about what brought you into this area of technology? Uh, great question. Thank you very much. Um, there are a few accidents. I was actually studying rhinoceros importing into Australia for uh, ecological conservation. Um, prior to this, strangely enough, um, I did a, one of those urban regional planning degrees in a in the tropics in Australia, um, the place called Cairns. And then uh, there was a death in my in my family. Ended up in the UK and uh, ended up doing a PhD, and I compared. Um, Oxford Circus to post-war reconstruction, reconstructed Britain. So I was on the east of England where there was a lot of bomb dropping on the way out um, when they had spare bombs left. Anyway, it was very normal with the modernist era to this reconstruction. Um, and as you would know, Arnie, we created in many places. I haven't been everywhere, but I've been many places. Uh, not always the best city making happened um, in that in that era. A lot of great roads, uh, but in terms of place making, so really I wanted to get planning down to the human scale. I was very focused on the woman in the street in particular. Um, my PhD focused on character and morphology and place. Uh, and then when I came back to Australia, I found um, there's a lot of infrastructure work and a lot of the civil engineering companies were making exactly the same mistakes that they'd made in post-war reconstruction of big infrastructure, big pillars, you know, and this human scale. So that's how I ended up just bringing it. Then SketchUp was kind of, I don't know if you remember when SketchUp was a thing that was its first, it's still a thing, but it, it became, you know, I think it was free from Google, they bought it. Um, and using that kind of technology, and that just made it so easy to show people from the human scale what it's like around their infrastructure. And that's that's really how it started, Arnie. Is there a vision that drives you every day, professionally? I think about this for myself. Which bits do I which bits do I really enjoy? As a as a teenager, I used to I lived in my um, mother's attic. Actually, no, I had a bedroom, but I had an attic. Uh, um, it was a funny old house that you could um, had a thing on the top called a widow's walk. A widow being, uh, you know, without without a husband, and you could go up to the top of this house. It's quite common, and, and look out over the ocean and see if your ship was coming in. Right, so it was a widow's walk. Um, but because that was quite a big roof space, I had um, a sort of a screen printing, airbrushing. I don't think I was ever very good at it, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I always just enjoyed that visual stuff. So part of it is just 
compared to someone who has to write a lot of reports, which I end up doing anyway, of course, I really enjoy working in the visual and the real space. I, I love um, that 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 element. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and we use computer games. Uh, I, I love the I love the complexity of it all. The vision is, though, really this piece around just making good places and making that easier. Um, and we're actually even now into making, helping people have good, like, let's call it construction experiences almost, right, because they're building these places. And it's complicated, man. There's layout stuff going everywhere and plant and people and safety and rules and weather and COVID and changes and schedules. Um, so we're even helping making people, giving people a better experience in, in that sense. And I, I think that's where we get our, where we get our real thrill. Yeah, there, I guess that's the vision that's driving it, making, making planning at the broadest sense from site planning to layout planning to construction planning to urban planning so much smarter. Mm. Yes, you talked about the human perspective into into all all of this, and the company that you had, Urban Circus, uses three D technologies to visualize, simulate, and tell stories. But if we talk about technology, how has the evolution of technology improved your capabilities uh, since, uh, let's say, SketchUp? Yeah, well, before SketchUp, you know, it was Illustrator, wasn't it? It was just like and even before that, there was VRML. You remember that? You're a bit young for that, Arnie, so you probably don't remember, right? You know, and then there were all those kind of terrible technologies. And back then, I was aware maybe in the late 90s of this 3D stuff, but it was so terrible. I was like, yeah. Subconsciously, it's just like, no, forget it. It's, it's, not, it's, not, worth, it's not worth doing. And then, <laughs> I mean, we released our first city, before Google Earth was a thing, I released a 3D version of a, of a city in Australia called Brisbane. I just moved to Brisbane. It was kind of a gift to the city. It's like, hey, guys, you know, you're doing a lot of planning here. There's a lot of buildings, a lot of roads. <clears throat> and that road over there is really ugly, so you really shouldn't do it like that anymore. Uh, why don't I give you a 3D city model? Um, and then you can do all your planning. So that was like 2000 and. 2004, I think, um, I, I gave uh, that out. And back then, everything had to be done manually. So I literally sat there and paid for a bunch of guys through my consulting work to build a city model of this city, which they never really appreciated, sadly. Um, and they, didn't, they didn't really use uh, nowadays, let's talk about because your question was, and how's the technology changed? Well, it's amazing now. I've just released Wellington, for example, and I'm just about to release Brisbane again, funnily enough, massively, massively bigger. But in this case, now there's this data called photogrammetry, which um, you can use, you can capture it now from your iPhone, amazingly. But um, we tend to use helicopters. Um, and fly over cities and take a bajillion, bajillion photographs. A lot of uh, reality capture is how Bentley has marketed it, but there's other, there's other versions of it. And it's the same technology, uh, Arnie, that you get in your, I don't know if you're an Apple or an Android religion, but, you know, whether you use Apple Maps or Android Maps, 
and you go and get your little 3D city. Do you get 3D Helsinki? Have you got a 3D Helsinki on your on your city? Uh, I live in a little place called Torquay. There's no 3D of Torquay. Um, that's also photogrammetry. It's just low resolution photogrammetry. So that's amazing. So now when we go to an asset owner, like a port or, or a railway line or an airport, and they say, how do we get going? How do we have this 3D gamified version of our, of our place? We say, look, just the best thing to do is get some photogrammetry. Uh, we partner with photogrammetrists, surveyors, because we like them to give it to us accurate because we often end up in court or the technology ends up in court, you know, supporting disputes and negotiations. Actually, a secret is, Arnie, that the technology often prevents things going to court, but when it does go to court, we always win because, you know, like you can't argue with trigonometry, right? It's just, it's just, it's just the truth. Um, so that part and then the first version of my planning technology are built on open source um, rendering engines, which are a thing called Ogre, like a big... Uh, the big ogre, uh, and that was good, but it was hard. And now, uh, you know, Unity and Unreal or Epic and their um, engines like Unreal are amazing. You know, and not only the technology has changed, Arnie, but the the economics and the business model and this sort of giving egalitarian nature of some of these people is really is really beautiful. It's actually incredible. So joining all those dots yeah some like the big companies are like this uh there's a bunch of players who aren't so egalitarian but um we help clients manage them it's probably obvious uh to everybody but what makes 3d such a powerful way to communicate communicate yeah it's interesting isn't it and communication is everything people often think of communication like what goes on television and public announcements but in construction projects or in management or um, in, in many things going on, you know, communication happens every day and it can make or break a project. Yeah? So there's that element. Um, and we often have to start with the conversation around um, why, you know, is it a communicate? When we think of 3D now, we've all seen uh, Pixar, We've seen Wally -E and Monsters Inc. and things like this, and we think of this 3D stuff as a communication tool. Uh, and if we come in when we talk to people like that, they kind of go, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, whatever. And if you see my LinkedIn posts, <clears throat> my ones that are sort of our communications products, yeah, they get like I don't know, a few hundred looks, five, ten likes, maybe twenty, thirty. But when we show that you can go into these. Um, 3D environments that are, you know, realistically available and when they have point cloud LiDAR and photogrammetry and then we can, like Minecraft or Roblox or uh, all these other game, Grand Theft Auto, we often get talk called, we can move things around like this. <clears throat> Viewers can't see, but I've seen things on screen. We can walk uh, in a highly, you know, um, CGI animated way, add drag and drop objects and do real planning, because I remember I'm a planner in 3D, 
which is both communicating and planning at the same time. Like it's simultaneous. Um, the value that's that's when people the penny drops and they're like, right, I understand now. And I think what I can do here, Arnie, I, I think because so all this getting of this technology piece is going is hard work. Uh, but remember, ultimately, I'm a planner and I'm trying to help people plan better in the loosest sense of plan, you know, plan for the future, plan for change, manage change. Um, so the next set of things I'm going to bring in, as I already have done before, is this ability to make in very complicated 3D environments that are scans and photogrammetry and BIM and CAD and all the rest of it, be able to make easy shapes like everybody can use PowerPoint. Even my mum, my dear mother, can use PowerPoint to make polygons and stars and shapes. So that's where we're going. You you mentioned that uh, thanks to 3D uh, visualizations, your your customers can avoid litigation. But <laughs> can you give us some other examples of the results that your customers have achieved with your uh, services and technologies? Well, firstly, it's I'd like to think. Uh, and certainly some of the results we've had have been smarter planning and so better better city outcomes. And, um, you know, I remember when I was uh, a student in the UK and I would go to places like Amsterdam and go, wow, those guys have really got it sorted out. We're underneath railway lines. There's all sorts of things going on. You know, there's uh, warehouses and gyms and clubs and even houses Whereas in um, certainly the UK and Australia, it's just that's just that's just where the slummy places are. We call it slope, the space left over after planning, right? Um, whereas now um, a lot of these places we're doing. Um, uh, I've been in Australia now for to raise my children. Uh, they are now raised and often work in the business. Um, You know, now some of the places we're doing are really incredible. You know, we've got parkour courts and basketball places and just beautiful pieces of city. So that's that would be number one, just the quality of infrastructure and public space was, was my starting ambition. Um, speed and cost of planning. Um, you know, we're a big part in, in the communication sense. Uh, we worked behind the Premier here in Victoria for a long time. And made him into a bit of a superstar, really, with the hidden guys behind because every plan or dream he had would come out in 3D because we've got this massive 3D model of the city and we can make 3D communications overnight. Um, and that did him very, very well uh, on Facebook and things like that um, back in the day, you know, pre-COVID. COVID's changed everything, of course. And look, a lot of our clients, they get to play with the technology themselves. I mean, not everyone wants this, but many want to have this technology in their hands. So now what we have is an empowered <clears throat> client that's not so dependent on large civil engineering and architectural firms to have all the power. They can literally get in and drag and drop and push and pull some shapes around and come up with the ideas and test actual engineering and architectural concepts themselves in their space you know it's pretty it's 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 a radical improve, improvement thanks for the question Arnie. at least here in finland we uh, have a lot of open data uh, to to support our work can you use that as well 
that's fantastic. And you know, the Finnish amongst uh, other countries in your region are famous for being, uh, you know, ahead of the game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yes, we do use open data for sure. Uh, where so the answer is yes. Oftentimes, open data is not the good stuff. But uh, we've just released Wellington, um, which is a city in New Zealand, um, uh, last week, the week before, sorry. Um, and that we've used a photogrammetry model for that. It's on my LinkedIn and soon will be on my website. Uh, we run um, 10 other cities or so in Australia and New Zealand. And um, yeah, it's a really interesting conversation around open data. So the open data around Wellington would be good enough. It's probably, I think, I think it's called Linz in New Zealand, maybe Land Information New Zealand, and the aerial photography is kind of okay, you know, but it's old. Uh, so it might be uh, like half a metre resolution type thing. Um, and then they will have terrain data of about one meter resolution. So that's okay for the background information. But of course, we all want the human scale and we all want better and better, better quality data. So we do use it, but sometimes it's just not enough. How do you see the future of visualization and simulation? And is this metaverse anything that you are interested in? Yeah, the metaverse. So the metaverse is almost opposite to what people like you and I I think do Arnie, which is taking people from reality and putting them in an alternate reality for the purpose of making money out of them generally. Whereas I've come from the direction, which is I'm going to use some technology. I'm just going to use the best technology. That might be a pencil today and it might be a ruler. Look, I've got a thing called a book and a pen next to me. It's amazing with real paper. Um, and then I've got a phone and then I've got a laptop and then I've got all this data. So I'm probably more coming from the angle and I'm pretty environmental in my ethos that I want to use technology to make the real world better rather than use technology to maybe take me away from the real world, you know. Now, I love my phone like everybody does. And, you know, maybe the idea of augmented reality glasses is a good idea to find my way to the baker better or something. Um, I personally don't use VR. and I employ quite a few technologists and I don't think any of them sit around in the evening in their VR. Arnie, do you sit around in the evening in your VR headset? on the tropical beaches of Australia? No way. 30 minutes is enough. <laughs> 30 minutes is enough once a year, once a week, once a month? Once a week, maybe, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you're, you're more hardcore than me, so you're more into the metaverse. Yeah, I wouldn't say I'm ethically opposed. It's just more that I'm interested in um, making, you know, we've got such a beautiful planet here and such an amazing opportunity to create um, beauty. And I live in the bush on some of Australia's best beaches, a very famous surf beach next to me called Bells Beach. I'm kind of more into that um, than I am into going and playing with pink pandas and unicorns in some sort of bubbly, you know, bubbly metaverse space. I don't want to sound too cynical, but, you know, I just think we're missing the point of making reality better rather than making something else better. 
And I hear the metaverse is empty, by the way. I hear the metaverse is completely empty. Like you go there and there's no one there. But but how do you see the future in general? Do you think that hardware is getting uh, is is one of the solutions that we are getting more advanced hardware to to experience what what you're doing? Yeah, sure. I asked this question of a friend the other day, and it, and it hurt my head a bit for the rest of the day. And I was like, well, you know, we're talking about alien races, right? You go to another planet, and they invented computers two thousand years ago, right? What the hell does their technology look like? Imagine, right? Now, we how long ago did we invent it? Let's say the iPhone is 2000. Was it 2008, the iPhone, roughly, 2007? So that's now 14 years. And look where we're up to, right? We're up to here, right? I've got a laptop with a 3080 GPU. I've got a phone that's pretty powerful. Okay, now let's project ourselves, you know, even 200 years into the future. It's like, whoa! So Neuralink's going to be a thing, is it, Arnie? Like, you know, like, why would I want to type a text message to you? Can't I just think my text message to you? Surely, surely. <laughs> If I could answer that, I would. But, you know, it's certainly just going faster and faster and, and, and better and better. And, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a turning point when we're both wearing spectacles, for those who can't see us, uh, when our spectacles... Um, and I know you're wearing earphones as well, so our spectacles and our earphones will kind of become one, right? And batteries will be so good, you know, because battery technology is going through the roof and you'll be able to have, you know, displays and I can sit here and answer my, you'll be looking at my emails when you think I'm talking to you, right? It'd be very rude, actually, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, uh, the reason why we're... We are having this chat is that you are going to be a keynote speaker at WDBE in September. Uh, can can you give us a hint about what you're going to cover in your speech? Thank you very much. Uh, I like to uh, inspire people that with the with the tools we have available to us, um, and it's so quote unquote easy to get your digital asset now into these into these platforms and we have our own bespoke platform with bespoke tools or the data moves around don't fret uh the formats are all interchangeable uh that your life will be so much better uh, and any planning and any response from a fire to goodness help us there would be a war ever in the world in this woke environmentally amazing time that we have no there are still conflicts as we know especially you guys in finland more than us in australia uh that you can respond in high precision um much better than everyone getting jealous than what their children can do in Fortnite and grand theft auto and the matrix game now in the real in you know in the digital version of the real world that doesn't have 20 million buttons and you need a I don't know, are you a Revit user, Arnie? Uh, no, no. I, I don't do that kind of hands-on uh, BIM anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you need to be a very specialist user, and we're democratizing that right down to, you know, the guys on site. Uh, so we'll show that. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of animated characters and trains, and uh, who knows what by September we're talking We've got some clients at the moment wanting to blow up trains, set them on fire in tunnels, and then, you know, test 
emergency evacuations and, and this kind of business. So um, maybe we can uh, we can burn some stuff virtual, virtual. Of course, yes. So, um, what is the best way to connect with you? I, I know you're on LinkedIn. Is that that the way to connect with you? Uh, sure. I've got a phone number. Like I'm part of the metaverse, man. You can connect with me. You can just think my name these days, right? And bing. Uh, yeah, Dr. Ben Guy, uh, Urban Circus. You never forget Urban Circus. Dr. Ben Guy, LinkedIn. You can find my email pretty easy. Um, yeah, just go that. Ben.guy at urbancircus.com.au. Uh, get, get you there. It'd be great to hear anyone. Look, we're really interested in talking to people with complicated, uh, integrated um, uh, assets that need to be, you know, need to be managed in this way. And we're particularly strong in railways at the moment. Yeah, it's really good. And we're just winning airports as well. So hopefully we can sort out. The airports here in Australia are a shocker. I'm really terrified of flying to Finland because the airports are going crazy. Well, Ben, thanks for thanks a lot for this opportunity to talk with you, and uh, I'm looking forward uh, to, as well as our audience, certainly to your presentation in September, and and let's keep in touch. Yeah, let's do that. And thanks very much for the chat we had before, Ani. You're a really interesting guy. I really appreciate it, and uh, your blog looks really good. Um, and I am speaking, I'm just trying to see on this program here, I was speaking on day one at uh, 4pm local time. All right. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me and talking to me. And I hope you understand my crazy Australian English. Thanks for listening. Join us at wdbe.org.